Your life is about to get better. I see great things in your future, a time when wishes come true. All the notes you put in a bottle were found. Right here, right now, consider, what do you wish for most? Is it happiness? Love? Less struggle? An unbumbable ticket to stress relief? As you'll soon learn, the power is within you to achieve these. Or maybe you've completely sworn off wishing in response to a pile-up of disappointments. Of course, I've known that sentiment. What's the use, right? Wrong. Such woe-is-me resignation corners you in some godforsaken dead end, unfit for serenity. My determined hope is that you'll give wishing for what's wonderful another chance. There are moments when opportunities arise. This is one. The staking out of your emotional freedom. Freshly fallen snow, not a single footprint. The path of new beginnings. Your first steps are truly memorable. Don't ever forget them. Let me tell you about mine. The door to emotional freedom cracked open for me as a teenager in Southern California. It was 1968. I was 16, a flower child in paisley crop tops, holy jeans, and leather combat boots, or barefoot, heavily into the drug scene. My parents were frantic. They kept trying to get through to me, but I made that impossible. My rebellion wasn't just against them, but to save myself— Though mother and dad couldn't have loved me more, I felt suffocated by their mainstream vision of who they thought I should be, what would make me happy. Jewish country clubs, presentable clothes, conservative friends. I didn't think so. Some nights I even slept in my beloved jeans. My mother despised them, to feel more free. At the same time, I didn't want to be who I was. So sensitive, not quite of this world. Since childhood, I'd experienced many intuitions and dreams that came true, like the times I predicted my grandfather's death and my parents' friend's divorce when no one else saw either coming. These and other similar incidents unsettled and confused me. To make matters worse, my parents became so unnerved that I was forbidden to talk to them about my intuitions. Then I was sure there was something really wrong with me, a dread I was totally alone with. I didn't choose to predict these things. They just kept happening. I had huge forces churning inside and no way of reconciling them. Finally, one night, my parents became hell-bent on ending my flirtation with disaster. In a show of gutsy unity, they packed my things, marched me into the car, and checked their only child into a private, locked, adolescent substance abuse unit of Westwood Psychiatric Hospital. I felt set up betrayed, and howled my indignation. I did everything in my power to hide my fear. This was where my path to emotional freedom began. Every moment in that hospital seemed so alive to me now. How I fought the kindness I was offered. Initially, I felt like a prisoner. Cooperate? Not a chance. I tried everyone's patience. In daily group therapy sessions, I refused to talk. The leader, a tough-love former biker babe in denim, would confront me. Judy, my nickname then, why are you so angry? Huh? I'm fine, I'd snap, tight-lipped and seething. The more she'd probe, the more I'd clam up, pretending to everyone, including myself, just how fine I was. 
I'd be equally forthcoming with my psychiatrist. At meals, twenty of us teenagers would sit in a beige cafeteria with plastic utensils. Silverware can become weapons, eating some rubberized version of food. I fully intended to isolate myself until Windy, a fellow hippie patient who lived in her long-fringed brown suede jacket, befriended me. My prickly exterior didn't seem to faze her. Windy's innocent nature quickly won me over. We became inseparable. Comrades in captivity, during downtime we'd huddle in my room with its barred windows, plotting our escape. How we'd slip past the night cleaning crew after they wheeled their mops and brooms through the entrance of our locked unit. Then we'd hitch a ride to the coast highway, a few miles away, and head to parts unknown. No parents, no authorities, just free. Though our great escape never came to fruition, all our scheming, giggling, and singing to the stones, you can't always get what you want, but you just might find you get what you need, made confinement more palatable. Still, I loathed being locked up and saw no reason to examine my life or change. But other mysterious influences beyond my control seemed to be operating, too. I remember there was a door at the end of our green linoleum hall. It stood between us and a fenced yard where we played volleyball. The most brilliant light would shine through its wired panes. I couldn't take my eyes off the light. Something loving within that brilliance quieted my snarl, soothed me when words couldn't. Ever since I was a child, I'd felt a loving presence keeping track of me, an invisible friend offering comfort. Usually it stayed in the background, but now it was stepping forward. There was a change wanting to happen within me, and despite my protests, it began with a velocity all its own. Slowly, miraculously, I softened during my fourteen days in this unit.